Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show, Season 2, Episode 6, presented by the Tap Room at Northern Superior. Mm, delicious beer. It is Saturday, February the 26th. And the reason why I bring up the date, because I want to bring up the time. It's 12.25 p.m. at the time of this recording, specifically. And you know what? I do have an empty can of Northern Superior Brew Company beer here and a glass of Northern Superior, because it's a little early for me to have a pint today for some reason. So I am enjoying a coffee out of my, well, I guess you could say Mandalorian Grogu cup. It is absolutely awesome. If anyone's Dave, no way. I'm using my Boba Fett coffee mug right now. That's so funny. You should say that. That is awesome. Now, David McCaig here and that lovely voice you heard. It's Alex Parr and Dane Hantrell will be joining us as well. But I must encourage that if you are craving to have a delicious beer, some good food that you have an option to order to, which they support local and just the overall atmosphere at the tap room is amazing. Wintertime, springtime, fall, winter, it doesn't matter. Summertime, it, it's, it's amazing there at Northern Superior Brewing Company. on 50 Pym Street here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. So if you're from out of town, if you're passing through town, make sure you mark that on your map to come and check out. That is the tap room at Northern Superior. And we have a big contest giveaway coming where we have a $100 cash giveaway and a $100 gift certificate giveaway to Northern Superior. The instructions of that are going to be connected to making sure that you follow the game sports show, that you subscribe to the TGM Network YouTube channel, and of course, are following Northern Superior. And that will all be shared this week for you on all of our platforms that you'll be able to see. Now, speaking of TGM Network, we've had some new podcasts uploaded on there. We have new podcasters coming on the TGM Network within the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye on that. It's great content you got sports you got mental health you're going to be talking about overall music it's got all the categories that you desire uh, in terms of podcast video content and yes a lot of the content is from individuals within Sault Ste. Marie Ontario but we are and have expanded outside Sault Ste. Marie Ontario so if you are interested in doing a podcast or if you have a podcast and you want it to be aired on, a, on another avenue of a channel outlet just make sure you Come to check out the TGEM network and see if that's a fit for you and reach out to yours truly uh, through the Game Sports Show or the TGEM pages. Now, I said this is Top Shelf Season 2, Episode 6. Uh, we have done a little bit less episodes here with Top Shelf, and we did plan to have video content, but that is going to be pushed until March the 21st, which is conveniently trade deadline day. And no, we're not doing a live stream of the trade deadline day, not this year anyways. So I encourage you to check out our friend James Duffy, uh, who is going to be on upcoming up, uh, special edition upload show, just so everyone is aware of that little teaser. Make, make sure you watch them on trade deadline day, all right? I, 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 it's like a holiday that you check out trade deadline on uh, TSN and I'm not taking anything away from Sportsnet as well. Uh, but obviously got to give some love there to James Duffy. And I want to make sure I threw in a little promotion from an upcoming special edition show that we have coming along with Drew McIntyre goalie legend of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. Everyone that plays for Toronto, you're a legend. Uh, David McKay, I said, I'm joined by Alex party and Hanchel. Let's bring them in. Alex talking to you first. You were the lovely voice that came on first over Danes. How are you doing? My friend. I got excited. I like talking about Star Wars stuff. So, well, yeah, I had to. You know what? I, I, we always have beers on the show and talk. You know, and last night we got into some EASHL action. I still consider the game sports show a wagon. We've been a little bit cold the last couple of weeks, and don't play. Uh, no practice. No, 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 uh, no consistency. No, we don't play as much as some other teams like Damage Inc. If you search them on the rankings, they played. <laughs> 
at an absurd amount of games. Like, I don't know how those people do that. They must make money streaming or hopefully they don't have to do that. They don't work full-time jobs because if they have full-time jobs to come do that, they have no time. Uh, but I wanted to sit here and just have a nice coffee for the show. And I want to just talk about my love uh, for, for Grogu, man. And uh, I love the Boba Fett show, uh, Mandalorian. Those are, it's just fantastic. And they can send me a Disney can send me a check at any time. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they don't, they don't need us to advertise no. for them. I think they've got a pretty good, uh, a pretty good thing going. I think so. I think Disney has been around for a while, you know, so it's good. Dane Hantro, my friend, Euler fan legends sir james dunn eagle legend i forget what number you wore for the was it 919 uh i think i wore 11 in high school i actually can't uh, even remember okay 11 that's jersey around here somewhere but i i don't think 19 was available we had some uh odd numbers uh so yes our uh french french coach yeah i, I don't know if it's uh what it is but the numbers in the 20s the 20s from 30s we had all those <laughs> but missing like 19, I don't know, a couple other, you know, popular numbers, I guess. So, uh, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of selection, but I think it is 11, but I honestly can't remember. It's been that long ago. So you're, you're 19 now though, right? I am 19. That's my go-to number. It just wasn't available when we played high school, which is like, got to join our team and we still had 19 available. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's an Eisenman number. That's a legendary number. Joe Sackick, Eisenman. 19, 19 and 91. Yeah. <laughs> 91. Yeah, well, the list goes on to famous players that have wore 19. It's arguably probably <laughs> if you want to rank numbers for players that have worn those numbers, I would say, you know, 19 has to be up there, not at the top. I would have to say the best number of all time is 99. That will never be taken. Oh, I mean, a cumulative between a bunch of players. Yes. Yes, 99, 99 is not really disputable. It's obviously, you know, it's retired and one person. Now, did you wear a letter in high school too, Dane? Did you have a letter? Uh, I did not. No, I did not. I thought you did have a letter your last year. I showed up late to the podcast. You think they're going to give him leadership abilities on a hockey team? Yeah, right. Dane in his prime, man. Uh, the guy had a jury, uh, had a, did you have a jury curve? I think you were like, everyone had the Chris jury curve, I believe. Maybe you didn't. Uh, no, I switched it up. I had the sack it there for a uh, bit. But you yeah. can't keep the puck down for that. So then I kind of went to like a Forsberg or Ginla. Yeah, like Malkin kind of curve, which is just oh. like a mid, just a very average kind of hockey curve. Nothing funky going down. Man, you got uh, these yeah, that, we're that we're talking about. Aginla, Sakic. And you look back and yes, if you're a Leaf fan, even well, Oilers had some success there making the cup finals. But we won't dive into that heartbreak for Dane because uh, I think they would have won the cup if Rolson wouldn't have got hurt. But they... Those those names, Sackick, Sandin, you know Gary Roberts, and you know we. I feel so like much older because now Crosby's thirty four, Malkin I believe is a year older, thirty five, Ovechkin's thirty five, and you got these guys that we watch. I remember coming into the league when they were eighteen, and all of a sudden you blink and the time has flown by, and you think talking Joe Sackick again, la. You know, Gretzky, I saw Gretzky's last game as I sit here in the T-Gem Gretzky corner uh, with Gretzky pitchers invading behind me and a signed pitcher from Gretzky. Not a big deal. I thought I would just throw that out there. I I really think that time is flying by too much. Now you look at these players that are coming up that are generational talents, right? You got McDavid, you got Matthews, Kale McCarr. You, I I know I'm forgetting just names because I'm talking out loud more. There's Leon Dreisaitl, you got Kucherov, and you got these guys that are, 
now taking over the league and you just think and look back. And when you mentioned the Aginla and all that, that's, I miss that. I miss that old time hockey a lot. Paul Korea, like it makes me, it just makes me smile. Just thinking that we were around to be able to see those players. Cause that was the true evolution of the game of hockey was when they were in the league before the 2009, 10 change where the game just resorted to all speed, no hitting, which I want to get into something else. Maybe I'm going to try to get back and maybe we'll backtrack to this. I know we've talked about it before on the show. I believe it was a year and a half ago, uh, but body contact getting taught at a later age. Now I have more, I want to vent about that as now you have to be in the uh, under I, I, it's not called midget anymore. So I want everyone to know that it's the under 17s or under 16s that around that range that you're starting to do uh, the body contact. Now it's not novice or Adam that me and Dane would know. And if anyone knows what novice and Adam is, <laughs> that means you are, you are close to our age because that changed uh, about five years after we left it to start getting uh, to different names. So what we're going to talk about here on top shelf today, we're going to get to a various amount of topic. We might have some hard trophy debate. We're going to circle back to that body contact thing that I mentioned, maybe some NHL trade deadline rumors. We can dive into that some salary cap review. And about that is about maybe teams that are fixing the cap. We'll get into that. And then we plan to get into some of the outdoor game actions and about also what we feel about outdoor games. But I want to start with the heart trophy debate. It has been a conversation on numerous different other platforms. Okay. It's been a talk on the high end medias, the TSNs, et cetera. It's been talked about on other podcast platforms, different shows, and everyone's saying that Austin Matthews shouldn't be not considered for a Hart Trophy. You know, Kel McCarr has come up. Obviously, you got Connor McDavid. Uh, Connor McDavid's obviously going to be in a chat, but maybe if Connor McDavid's getting the love, you know, uh, there's a guy that if he's getting love, does Nazem Kadri get some love? No, I don't think so. He wouldn't be a thought to get some love, but he's got close, I think, to the same amount of points as McDavid as Kadri has 66 points from what I've last checked and McDavid right now is at 73. So McDavid has pulled away at one point they were tied when the all-star game was there. So you got to say that favorite players are McCarr, Matthews, uh, McDavid, dry. It's Shesterkin. Shesterkin is by far the favorite yes. right now. It's not it's, even close. How do you not say his name first? I, I, I was going by players and I knew you would jump in anyways and say Shesterkin. Okay. And I want you to say his name because you say his name better than I do. Okay. I'll say Igor. You can say Shesterkin. Okay, there you when go. When I say Igor, you say Shesterkin. There you go. That's I'll say Igor, and you can finish the after that. That's how we'll go for the rest of the show. See how alert we are. Okay, I want to go and let you two take over this a little bit. You've heard my voice enough on this introduction, all this promotion, and all this me going back to the old times, seeing how much I miss the Aginlas and Sackics of the league. Realize how I didn't really talk too much about Matt Sundin there. Yeah, that's how tough times the Leafs were since 05. Uh, but you have a heart trophy debate where I know Dane, you're in the corner of a specific young defenseman, Alex, you're in the corner of a, a goaltender. You've already said that, uh, who you think is the clear cut. And to be honest, yeah, I'm not going to not agree with Alex. I, I think that is close, but I think Austin Matthews deserves a lot of love for what he has done, but I'm not going to do anything until my last chime. I'm going to give the older person that's Dane. Just remind you, if anyone knows Dane is older than Alex, Dane gets to go first on his debate on who you think is the early favorite for the Hart Trophy? Well, I think you can make an argument for a lot of players right now. Um, I think, obviously, Austin Matthews in Toronto is having an unbelievable year. Um, Shesterkin, I mean, you look at his stat line right now, 940 save percentage, under uh, two goals, GA right now. 
Wow. Those are pretty godly numbers. Um, there is still a lot of hockey left to be played. And I mean, I've seen goalies have some pretty unbelievable seasons and not still win the Hart Trophy. So, I mean, it's going to really come down to the people that are voting for that. But uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's 100% in the conversation. Um, two other guys that I got, um, Kale McCarr. Um, he's looking to be the first uh, defenseman to average a point per game since Brett Burns in the 2018-2019 season. Um, beyond that, he's looking to probably even maybe potentially hit 80 or um, I rather 90 points this year. Um, he did miss a couple of games due to injury. Um, he's on pace to have a 30-goal season. Um, I could see him getting uh, maybe even close into the mid 30s to high 30s if he really catches fire but um, my guy who I actually have probably as the favorite right now uh, is Jonathan Huberto who doesn't get a whole lot of love playing down in Florida right now uh, he's currently uh, at the top of the uh, points list at uh, with 74 points and he has 25 more points than the next player on his team so if you really want to break down you know the importance of you know most valuable player to their team right now and I understand that Florida is a wagon and they have a bunch of, you know, all-star caliber players on their team. But I mean, the points speak for itself. And when you're, you know, the first place team in the NHL and your top player has 25 more points than the next guy, it's kind of a hard stat to ignore. So, um, like I said, there, there, there's a bunch of people on the running right now. We still got, a, you know, roughly 30 to 35 games left this season. So, I think, you know, it's whoever kind of catches fire late. And I, another guy you could even look at is Johnny Goudreau's having a pretty unreal season in, in Calgary right now and is, uh, you know, leading that team in points. And uh, obviously Calgary's having a pretty terrific season. Uh, just got pumped by Vancouver 7-1 after uh, going on a 10-game win streak. But, yeah, there's, uh, there's a handful of guys that are uh, that are in contention for it. So uh, I think the heart race is uh, going to be a little bit more exciting uh, down the stretch this year than in years past with, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl getting out to, you know, a 30-point lead to the next guy in the uh, in the points race. So that's uh, that's what I got. Um, but, uh, yeah, Alex. Yeah, I'm riding with Shesterkin. When you have 25 of your team's 33 wins, you're a pretty important part. I didn't know that with Jonathan Huberdeau, though, and I honestly haven't even heard him in the conversation yes, uh, at all. Bad. I, I, that's bad. Nothing got love, man. It's Florida, and like he's been, and he's had like unreal seasons for like the last two or three years where he's averaging a point per game, if not over a point per game. So I think last year he was on pace to have like 100-point seasons, so, which he's going to easily break this year. See, that's where you look at Kale McCarr, Alex. The guy is a point-of-game defenseman in his career. In his career. Like, to the, to the point, he's literally a point-per-game, 1.0 point-per-game defenseman. And this year, he's above a point-of-game. And unbelievable. The guy just signed a contract extension, too. $54 million for six years. If you don't know the math, that's $9 million per season for Kale McCarr. Uh, and that's a defenseman that I think, is worth more. Okay. Like if he would have hit the market this year, he might be hitting 12, uh, $12 million or so, which would be absurd. Uh, but Kale McCarr has been, I think it's a easy for him to win the Norris. I, I like, I feel like that is a hands down Norris winner, uh, this year, but MVP, I can't, I can't see him winning the MVP because you brought up Huberdo and I can't believe I forgot that that is for sure. 
that a great point of somebody who is a heart and soul of the team. They have a good team though overall. Barkov, you can go down the list of the players that they have, but Huberto has really stepped up this year. He has to be in the conversation. Matthews is having a stellar year when the Leafs are looking like shit. Guess who steps up? It's Matthews. He's Jason Spencer. Oh yeah, oh, right. Jason Spencer. Yeah, I love Spencer. He's a. I love Jason Spencer. But so, uh, Igor. Okay, I would say Igor. Uh, I really feel that Igor is definitely the Vesna winner this year. I think that's going to be very easy. But he has definitely been a heart and soul player of the Rangers this year. But is he gonna him winning the Vesna? Does that snub him from winning? the heart and people have asked that do you think the nhl considers that they win another trophy no they don't crosby has have you won four trophies in one year okay like like you it does not matter what if they deserve it they get it and Igor, well, if you're gonna win the heart i mean as a goaltender you have to win the best though. that just does not make any sense <laughs> exactly exactly and i had somebody ask me and and not gonna throw uh throw names out there to somebody that we know and it's not a stupid question but <laughs> you know if you win the vesna that doesn't mean if you win the heart but if you win the heart that means you're going to win the Vesna if you're a goalie that's winning the heart. Uh, so, but I think the Vesna is an easy pick. Who's going to win that this year. If things stay according to a status quo, but honestly, I, I got to say the top four are Matthews, Huberto and uh, Igor. And I would still throw McDavid in that heart. I've got, I've got the betting odds from bed three, six, five in front of me for the best player MVP. Oh. Is it McDavid still number one? McDavid is the outright favorite. He's at plus 200. Uh, Matthews is third at plus 450. Ovi second at plus 400. Dreisaitl at plus 600. Huberto at plus eight. And Shesterkin at plus 1,200. Again, speaking of somebody who stepped up when the team has had mad games, Ovechkin. The guy is still an animal. The guy has 32 goals, okay? And he's not in the league lead anymore as Matthews took over that from uh, Leon Dreisaitl. I believe Matthews one up on Leon right now, unless that's changed of recent night. Uh, but Crosby's still a guy who has 48 points in 41 games. Not He's not as dominant as, you know, McDavid has, or has been. And it's, I think he, Crosby's still kind of slowing down. He also had an injury this year. He's battled some injuries. Uh, so I think that's why there's a little bit of a difference in pace. But McDavid is still going to be the favorite. And I really feel that McDavid might win if he wins the points this year still. And if, if Edmonton gets into the playoffs and McDavid has the most points in the NHL, it's like, again, it's almost like that Vesna Hart conversation, sort of. It's sort of. You have somebody who's a big part of their team and the best player in their position in the league. And that's why it's, I think McDavid is rightfully so the favorite, but I think Igor should be the favorite. And I even think Matthews and McDavid should have equal love because of their contribution to their team. But I know a lot of people are going to debate that. Maybe you do, Dane, because I know I'm not. I'm, saying- just, I'm just thinking Jonathan Huberto at plus 800. I, I like them odds. Yes. I might be throwing down a, a couple bucks on that. For, for anyone that doesn't gamble here, plus 800 means if you put $10 down, it pays out $90. There you go. There you go. Thanks, Alex, because I was curious. No, I wasn't. Oh, really? You're not oh, a gambler? No, I'm not. I know. I was just kidding. I was. I no. I'm not. I'm not. You're being sarcastic. I was trying to help out their viewers here that <laughs> might not know, might not have a gambling degeneracy problem like we do, and, and you and you get on my case for it. Okay. I'll, no, I'll remember that. 
No, I like it. I actually don't gamble. Fun fact. I want to start gambling. And uh, there's been somebody <laughs> that I've been connected with uh, that, that I know we know uh, that is do- doing pretty good at gambling, actually. And he actually wants to start a podcast on the TGM network. But we'll see if that teaser and leave it out there. Oh, is it is it who I'm thinking? You might know. I think you do know. You can message me and I'll let you know if you guess, if you guess it right. Uh, but again, heart trophy right down to the wire. All right. It's going to be great this year, but those odds, Dane, you're right. I might actually have to throw a couple bucks down. Maybe I'll throw 50 bucks down on that. I mean, it, it, look, I, I, I mean, Gary Batman, I don't think it would break his heart if the, uh, the heart trophy went uh, down to Florida. I mean, that's just good for, I don't think it would hurt if it game. went to the Rangers. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I, I just think, you know, obviously growing the game down south, it's just uh, something that would help a little bit. Having- <laughs> $10 bet on Shesterkin pays out $130. Ah. Oh, I might be, I think I might be making bets on both of those. <laughs> I literally, I, I, I think it's like almost in the bag that one of those two are going to win. Oh, the, see that you heard it first. Because, like if you want to say that Matthews is having the year that he is and he's, he's having an unreal year. I think Johnny Goudreau, the year that he's having in Calgary and it kills me to say it. I, 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 Matthews doesn't have a lag over Johnny Goudreau in the MVP race. There's not a chance. What if yeah, he just went, wait, he, guy leads goal scoring. You're just now, no, Goudreau's better. Come on. Well, Come on. I'm not, I'm not saying Look at yourself in the mirror and tell me that Goudreau's got a better chance than Matthews. Look at the, go to the mirror, go, go tell that guy that, and you come back and tell me if you agree with him. I'm just saying, I don't think, I think both of them are unlikely to win it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, more than likely. I'm just saying that Johnny Goudreau has just as good of a chance to win if if right now in the season with where they're both bad and what they've both done with their team and how good their teams are playing. <laughs> Goudreau's at plus 3,300. Well, I, I don't think he's going to win it because there's so many other guys in front of him that are having better seasons. But I'm saying him and Austin Matthews' seasons are similar into, you know, what they've done for their team. And where their team is at in the season, you know, both leading or well, you know, both up there in the standings. What if Huberto like, was in Toronto? What if Huberto was in Toronto? I don't know. He would like, probably be a shitty player because the media would eat him up for having the wrong breakfast one day, and he only scored two points instead of three, and they'd run him out of town but like if everybody else. Having this year, this type of season in Toronto is what I'm saying. Like if 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 Matthews and Huberto played whatever on the same team, and Huberto's in Toronto and having the same year that he's having. You would turn on Sportsnet, and it would literally just be, well, we're rebranding to the Jonathan Huberto network. So. Exactly. That's what I'm – you hear all this about Matthews, right? If Now, if Huberto was on Toronto and he was playing with Matthews and Marner <laughs> or Tavares Nylander, which Tavares Nylander have been – Yeah, seen. that Barkov guy's a bum. Who would want to play yeah, with him? Yeah, Barkov's unbelievable. Or Sasha Barkov's amazing. But you have – I think he'd be penalized a little bit in voting if he because he played or playing with Matthews and Tavares, Barkov is better than Tavares is right now. I'm what do you mean? Toronto, Toronto is perfectly the same as everybody else. You know, when yeah. Michael Bunting dives, he gets fined for it in a perfectly normal, good call way. Uh, Nothing, nothing's different. If you play in Toronto, nothing's different than if you were to play anywhere else. Uh, I, I think that Dane brought up a good point where the love in Florida is not there. And that's why if Huberto was anywhere else, it could be Toronto, it could be Cal- Cal- the season too. So, yeah. uh, uh, you, you, you're Johnny Grudel's playing two way hockey here. 
Oh, what's happening? There you go. Hey, you're, you're lagging on us. I'm back. <laughs> Little lag. It's fine. Hello, Johnny Goudreau. I'm just saying he's plus 40 this year on the season. So, I, I mean, plus 40. Say what, you, say what you want about the plus minus stat. It, it, it reflects his two way game, uh, you know, this season, too. So, something. It, to be yeah. Careful. If you're leading a stat, it and it's also, I believe, a contract year for him. So, you know how it goes. <laughs> I they think- try for one season, go get a big contract in a nice warm place, kick the feet up, and cruise the rest of the way. He's an unrestricted free agent this summer, but will he stay in Calgary or will Philadelphia pull out the nine to $10 million contract for Johnny Goudreau? I'll start that rumor. I think he's going to go to Philadelphia, but I'll- oh, Philadelphia is a dumpster fire. They need something right now. I don't know what happened to that team. Two it- years ago, they were, you know, potential Stanley Cup, uh, not favorites, but, you know, in the running. Contenders. Yeah, but- they were there. Yeah, now they're not even that team. And then they got Rasmus Ristolainen to fix all their problems and he fucking sucks and they took a chance. To turn into Buffalo, you know, you think you have all these good, like some good players where Buffalo really doesn't. But when you thought when they brought in Skinner and they brought in Okpozo at the time, who was having a hot time with Tavares at the time in Long Island before he went to Buffalo, you really thought that that team was going to start turning around at those points when they brought those players in. You draft Eichel and now you got Dylan Cousins. I'm a fan of Cousins. You have Rasmus Dolly and I'm a big fan of Dolly too. They have good players in place there, but they just can't. It does never work. It just never works. It's like that Gordon Gordon Ramsay commercial with Tide, where he says that will never work. That that is exactly what I'm saying. They bring in a guy, they bring in somebody, and someone's like, "Yeah, this is great." You got that girl that's like the the Steve Dangle of Toronto for Buffalo. Here I am just promoting so many other people right now. Uh, but you have that girl. I forget her name. Buffalo. She gets all excited about the players they sign, and then she's singing in her guitar as the season goes on, depressing songs. Because Buffalo is an absolute shit show. Okay. And I'm sorry, another team that's a shit show that's worse than Buffalo is Arizona. Okay. I brought up a good point. This arena that they have is fucking embarrassing. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, they've talked about it on a lot of other outlets as well, where there's, I don't know, over 100 plus ranks in the world. There's more than that, even that are bigger than their new uh, the Sun Devil Stadium that they're going into. Okay. And I know why they're moving there. I know the location. I understand they want to try to get fans, make it look bigger, louder. I understand the philosophy behind it. But Arizona is the absolute worst. And I'm sorry to anyone who's a Coyote fan, but that organization. Well, wow. absolute shit show. I am. I am I, sorry. I am so sorry. It is. It's a shit show. I'm, okay. But I guarantee you, you're interested in watching their season opener now where you never would have been before because <laughs> I want to watch that. I want to watch three people packed barn ready to go and just watch the chaos ensue. Tell me that's not interesting. No, not anymore. Now that you said that you think I'm going to watch it because you think it's a marketing grass, I'm not going to watch their home open. It's not really a marketing grab. I just like watching chaos. Like, I mean, you know, like as you're watching something really cringy, but you're kind of like looking through your fingers like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this, but I kind of want to see what happens. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it is. I think over like that's like the smallest stadium that an NHL team has used since I believe the Tampa Bay lightning, when they had their inaugural season, they were in like a barn that only had 10,000. And then Ottawa, I think even played in a smaller arena when they first came into the league. So um, yeah, sad times for the, uh, the NHL with uh, the Arizona coyotes. I don't know what's up with Gary and his unwillingness to, to move this team, which just seems like it just isn't going to work where they are. And we've been going, you know, through all this shit for, you know, like 20 years, it seems like now. And 
So I, I fuck. They, it's, yeah, it's, they it's, it's an interesting move. I, I, I don't, I can't really wrap my head around it. Um, but yeah, I, I we'll see. Maybe it'll be uh, you know, a, a rock and barn, five thousand seats, or whatever it is, and we'll have a nice, crazy atmosphere. I, I don't know. <laughs> if Dane Wright goes there, his career is done. If he gets drafted first overall there, Arizona should fuck it. I don't care if they're in Sun Devil. They're going to sell out, hopefully. If they don't sell a 5,000-seat stadium, that's bad. Okay, no, if I got local teams here in Sault Ste. Marie deserving because they're good teams. The Hounds, you, you got the Thunderbirds, the Eagles. People don't know what that is in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. You can search them. They get the Eagles across over, which is a junior, tier two junior team. They get about 1,000 a night, 500 to 1,000 a night. The Hounds, when they're playing, especially as good as they are, when we get the full capacity, they're going to sell out, which is 40, I think 48, 90, something like that here at the GFL. Now, the Thunderbirds, they only get a couple hundred because they're at the John Rhodes. If they were playing at the, at the GFL itself, uh, I believe they can probably get 500 to 1,000 as well because how good that team is. So you can just gauge that where I can even recall playing in North Bay against the Skyhawks, and they had 3,500 in that arena. Okay. Like there, and I've 5,000 people is a lot. It can get loud depending on the size of the barn. Okay. But an NHL team, that's my point should not have that. And if Shane Wright goes there, I'm telling you, if Arizona was smart, they wouldn't let him play there next year. I know people can say, Oh, that's crazy. Cause tickets, right. There's, I know that will never happen because they will keep Shane right there just for all the money side of things, but it will hinder his development in such a massive way because of how bad that team is. I am sorry. Clayton Keller is not going to be a good line mate for Shane Wright in his first year. You got to do a Buffalo did. You send Owen power back to, uh, to, to school and play off his year there. I, I big, I love Owen power. I think the kid's going to be a stud, but you got to do the same thing to Shane, Wright. You send him back. And you I don't think I, I agree with you, Dave. I, I don't think Shane Wright comes into the NHL next year and has, you know, uh, an Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid esque, you know, averaging oh. a point per game kind of season. I, I see him probably struggling, kind of like Lafreniere is. Yes. Uh, Jack yes. Hughes has taken a couple years to to kind of figure himself out, but, you know, obviously was an all star this year and is having a pretty good season on still a pretty bad New Jersey team. So, I, yeah, I, the NHL readiness, and I mean, I haven't watched a ton of, of Shane Wright. Obviously, you know, U18s and the World Juniors. Um, and you know a couple Kingston games when the, you can catch them on Sportsnet, but uh, yeah, I mean it's crazy the president that um, Matthews and all of these rookies that are just like generational talents have set for everybody else. Like, oh my God, this eighteen-year-old that just turned eighteen two months ago can't compete against all these grown men in a professional atmosphere. Oh, bust guy sucks. Like, not everybody's gonna be Matthews or McDavid. No, no not, that's sure. the thing. They're not gonna, it's not going to work in Arizona for him if he goes there. It's going to hinder his development in such a bad way. Arizona should send him back. Hopefully, they get the first overall pick the next year and get Bedard, and then you're starting somewhere, okay, or Meechkoff, top two there, either way, whatever way you want to go. But what happens if Arizona doesn't get the first overall pick this year? What if it goes to Montreal? What if it goes uh, to, to, to Buffalo? Or somebody else wins or wins the draft lottery that was like 11th. I think, like, do you really even want to win this year's draft lottery? I think there's a lot of uncertainty, I mean, in the whole draft, but... Yes, I want Shane Wright. That, yes, I, that is a pretty calculated guess that he will be okay. 
I, I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's automatic that Shane Wright ends up being the best player in this draft by a long shot. And much um, more, the last place team in the league right now. They're they're the projected favorites. OK, but you got a team like Winnipeg, Vancouver. Well, you can only move up a certain amount of spots. It might not be a good idea. I'll use Detroit and San Jose as options right now. Is the draft in Montreal this year. Uh, it was, yes, as long as I remember. But your guy Arizona has a lot of firsts this year, by the way. But anyway, Detroit, San Jose, 11th and 10th projected right now. Like, if they were, if there was no lottery and it was the old format, San Jose would have 10th, Detroit would have 11th. What if Detroit wins the lottery and moves up and gets right? What if San Jose wins and moves up spots and Arizona moves down to four? Now, all of a sudden, this team just has got fucking not worse because you can, you're can you going to be able to draft Matthew Savoy or uh, Yuri Savosky or Brad Lambert. There's guys, but it's not Shane Wright. And Logan Cooley's pretty good as well with the U.S. Uh, National Development Program. But Shane Wright's the guy you want in this draft. If you want to win this draft lottery, you want to win that first overall pick, okay? And if you don't get that in Arizona this year or next year, because you're not going to be good this year, obviously. And next year, you're not going to be any better. Okay, unless you go out and sign 25 free agents that are discount prices that come in and do what Michael Bunting's doing in Toronto, a full a full, full four lines of players, you're not going to be good. So you're not going to be that good next year. So you hopefully you can get right in Bedard. But what if you don't get either one? And you don't even get Meechkoff next year. This team's going to be worse off. Yes, they have two picks again where you, they might get Noah Osland or Elias Simonielsen, which is in the projected mock drafts. A lot of people don't know who those guys are. They play over in Sweden. They're pretty good, but they're not going to be ready in the NHL for another three to, three to five years. So Arizona is what? Just going to suck for another three to five years? No, they better win the lottery this year or next if they want any hope in saving this franchise. If they don't get a right Bedard or Meechkoff, and back-to-back drafts, right, than one of the other two, respectively, they are not going to be better, and this team has to look at moving locations because no player is going to want to go play there. And any player that does, especially that's a rookie, is going to have all the hindering of development unless they get all these sick prospects and they play in the minors and they do what Detroit did with Grand Rapids and win and then come up eventually, but that's a handful of years down the road. And Arizona can't keep going through these financial issues in the National Hockey League if they want to plan to make money. The owners players are going to start to get mad yes. it's joke it's a fucking joke it is a fucking joke it, that organization i am i am sorry uh, people are going to maybe comment reach on me so that's rude to say but arizona i really don't care the team is a joke i got a couple things to note uh edmonton oilers up one nothing against the florida panthers uh two things other things to note uh arizona did lose their first round draft pick last year uh their 11th overall draft pick so that already hurts them <laughs> And also the London Knights Arena, the Budweiser Gardens, is uh, double the capacity of the Arizona Coyotes new ring. So that's a OHL team versus an NHL team. So just to put things in perspective. I can't. Okay, on to the next topic. Unless Alex, you have anything to add there. But I think I said we said a lot of peace about Arizona. It's supposed to be a quicker topic. Next topic we'll get into. I want to talk about the salary cap review. Before I get into that, make sure I give an extra love here to Northern Superior Brewing Company, the tap room at Northern Superior. Myself and Dane are actually going to be there tonight uh, for a brief little visit. Uh, Alex, you're more than welcome to stop by there as well, if you'd like. Uh, we're going there to celebrate a friend's uh, birthday. Uh, shout out to a delayed birthday to a friend of ours, Anthony Greco, turned 30 years old. No, not the NHL player or AHL player, Anthony Greco. They have the same name. But um, I, I'm going to make sure 
that especially with this upload, because it's a surprise birthday, unless you're hearing this right off the spot, it won't be uploaded until right before we go, because I don't want Anthony to listen and hear that now that I say it. Jesus, I'm an idiot sometimes. Uh, but <laughs> we're going there tonight to enjoy a time uh, at Northern Spirits. You can see us there. And you can also watch the game tonight. It's a lot of hockey going on in the NHL today. The Leafs are playing the Red Wings too. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, games that you can watch and they'll be all on at Northern Superior inside the tap room at Northern Superior. And as I said, I'm sitting here. My coffee's empty now, but I have my nice hound town. Oh, this, this is their best beer right now. No offense. So all their beers are delicious, but this is my favorite beer that they have right now. It's great. So a little love to Northern Superior. Give and more love to them. Give them a like, give them a follow, whatever you can on social media. They are very active on there, and it's just a great atmosphere to be a part of. Salary cap review, okay. Last year, Tampa Bay goes to the cup finals, 18 million over the cap. Kucherov's an absolute stud on the media, just sitting back, having a beer, not giving a flying fuck what anybody says. Uh, yes, and if you have children around, cover their ears when we're talking because we like to swear a good chunk on the show. You, you have... Kucherov and the Tampa, the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning layout, you know, where they brought in David Savard from Columbus. Uh, they, they brought in some guys and, you know, they, they win the Stanley Cup last year. Okay. And I remember when Montreal got the first win and I remember Kucherov sitting in a press conference again, being a stud, being like, oh, they were, it's like they won the Stanley Cup when they won the first game <laughs> against us. Right. So, so much beaking from Kucherov, you know, but. $18 million over the cap. Now let's backtrack to what's, or let's re, uh, fast forward, sorry, to this year, Vegas, Mark Stone, back injury. Listen, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a back injury. He probably does. Okay. Cause I know there's some clearance for doctors and sign offs that you need for that kind of a coincidence. Okay. That he gets injured. The time Jack Geico comes back though, right? It looks really fishy, but it's not against the rules to not do what Vegas has done. Just like Toronto. Now, going to most recently, Muzzin is on LTIR. That frees up about $6 million in cap space. If Toronto, for example, traded uh, Justin Hall, which I imagine a lot of Leaf fans are wishing, except last year he was great. This year, as soon as he turns bad, I chirp the guy like he's Jake Gardner. So the guy is gone. Uh, if he leaves, that's $8 million in cap space all of a sudden that you have. Okay, and the movements that you can make at the deadline are just boom. Okay, so the salary cap review overall, and Alex, I'm going to go to you first. Because I know your point's probably a bit more brief than Dane and mine would be, but you have teams that have found a way around the cap. Vegas, Toronto, sort of. Muzzin's a legit injury, okay? That guy has had a concussion this year, and he got fucking leveled against Montreal when Weidman hit him. He hit his head off the, the ice. The guy has a concussion, okay? I know I've actually met Muzzin before, but I know a guy who's close to him. I know that he is legit hurt, okay? So Muzzin is out the stone. I have question marks about say, Oh, my back hurts now. And he goes on LTIR. So that's a legit reason to be hurt. But do you think the league will be reviewing something at the end of this year, Alex, to ensure that there is no Tampa Bay formula or potential Toronto Vegas formulas for future playoffs? If they weren't going to do it last year, why would they do it this year? They're not going to do it last year for what was it? 11 million. They're not going to do it this year for Jake Muzzin. So no, they're not going to change it. Dane. I mean, it, it comes down to what the owners want. Um, I don't think, you know, Gary Batman just sets to make that call all on his own. So um, from what I can remember, the Tampa Bay Lightning were the only team to not want that to be a rule and then ended up actually taking advantage of it, um, which is, you know, ironic in itself. Uh, I, I think there should be maybe a limit on how much you can, you know, 
put on your cap in the playoffs. I mean, having, you know, a guy that makes $10 million and then having him, you know, sit out probably longer than he needs to, um, just so you can bring him back and be $10 million over the cap is a little shady in my opinion. Um, so maybe if they limit it to you know maybe five million dollars, so you like at least have a little bit of wiggle room if you do you know get a couple injuries, um, come playoff time. But I think Alex is kind of right when he says uh, I I I it's unlikely that I think that rule will change, um, unless teams start complaining, right? So obviously it's uh, affected Tampa in a in a pretty good way, you know, back to back Stanley Cup champions. Uh, Vegas, obviously with Mark Stone being out, um, is going to be doing the same thing with, you know, their crazy cap issues. And I get it, you know, especially with Vegas, if you can keep that team together, I mean, that's a pretty strong team once Mark Stone gets back. Um, but also incredibly big loss for that team. I know, you know, you're getting Jack Eichel, um, in the lineup now, but Mark Stone's their captain, their leader, and their best hockey player. So that's not exactly an easy thing to overcome for the next, you know, 35 games of the season. Uh, in Toronto, I, I, the same thing. I mean, Jake Muzzin is, you know, your top shutdown defenseman. And I know he's kind of had an up and down season this year, but it doesn't, it, it makes Toronto, I think, you know, at least defensively. And obviously the, the, the issues they've been having defensively are, you know, they're, they're out there. The, the fans know, right. Goaltending defense um, last, you know, 15 games haven't been great for the Leafs and, you know, losing Muzzin's not going to help that either. So Toronto obviously will be looking to probably add a top four defenseman at the deadline. Again, those are not the easiest to come by either. And Kyle Dubas says he's not willing to trade his first round pick for a rental after what happened with the Felino thing two seasons uh, ago so well, we'll see what happens and see you know what it's going to take to get a guy like yeah. that right so we're, we're there hasn't been any trades for a defenseman um like that like a top four that they're looking for at this point so we're we really don't know what the market's set at right now so i think you know obviously in the upcoming you know week or two i think we'll start seeing a couple more trades um before the deadline actually happens and see what the market is but as far as that rule goes, I just, yeah, I think in, until teams start getting pissed about it and, 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 and getting, you know, maybe jealous of, you know, the Vegas's and, and the Tampa's about, uh, you know, kind of taking advantage of that rule. Um, I think it's here to stay for, uh, for the time being. Yeah, that's a good segue for a trade deadline. I'll say quickly with the cap. I think there's going to be a review next year, but it may not be changed. The review will be known, and then there'll be something that will say, well, hey, what if something happens like a Muzzin issue where it was a legit scary injury? Not saying Mark Stones isn't, but there's not a lot of gameplay proof. There's not a lot of like visual proof, which is actually a big thing when it comes to these meetings. Okay, why are you arguing this? Well, we can't use Mark Stone because not evidence of proven hit except medical documentation, right? Okay, Muzzin, boom, got hit. Here's the play. Boom, here's the MRI. Boom, here's this to segue up where we actually needed that. So they might say, okay, well, that's why you need to say $5 million. Maybe there's a little bit of a cap or maybe there's just more thorough investigations for certainty of injury. And yes, I am doubting it a little bit with Vegas, just a wee, wee bit, which means I shouldn't be doubting doctors because I ain't one by far. I may think in my head that I am, but I, I'm not. And I really think they'll look at it at the end of the year. But it's a good segue into the trade deadline. And you look at the trade bait board for all the different places. You can go down the list from one to 50 or one to a hundred. There's a lot of 
players that are rumored on this list. Okay. Like this is, might be a, we always say this every year. It's going to be a big trade deadline. And sometimes we're disappointed, but I feel like this year there's going to be no disappointment. I think it's going to be a very active deadline, but what I'll say about the deadline is I don't think people are going to wait till the last day to do these trades. I think some of these rental players uh, known as, you know, the Claude Giroux's, uh, the the Mark Giordano's, uh, maybe the John Klingbergs. Those are the type of guys that I think you might see on the last day get moved because player teams are going to try to optimize their value as teams get depth desperate. But the players would term like Jacob Chikrin. Uh, that that would be one guy that probably uh, would be somebody that's going to happen a bit before. And kind of looking at the list, there's not too much people with term as left, uh, but I, there are a few such as Jeff Petrie, who's been. Uh, linked to the Philadelphia Flyers, which I make think makes no sense because I think Philadelphia should be looking at different things. Uh, other than that, Connor Garland, a guy who's new to Vancouver, four years left on his contract. Like those are the type of terms that you might see be something done quick or a bit uh, a bit earlier. Same with uh, Brandon Hagel from Chicago, who just recently got a hat trick. I still don't think he's worth a first round pick, just so anybody knows. And you guys can feel free to disagree with me after that. But the players on the list, like Chikrin, Sherratt. You have Giroux, Hurdle, Klingberg, Giordano, Braun, Gorgiev, Colin Miller is somebody Sioux native and friend of the show uh, that you know has been linked to Toronto. Given yes, he's a former Hound, so of course, and everyone's linked to Toronto on this list apparently. And of course, you got Zaka, Domi, and Kessel, Flurry, just to name a few extra ones. Uh, Gorgiev is one that's really interesting to me. He's an RFA this year. I think Edmonton would be a great fit for Gorgiev. I've also said Flurry, but I know Dane disagrees with that to a full extent. Uh, but again, it's a trade deadline. I think to be very active. I want to go around the round to you for one player that you think is going to be moved and where they are going out of the players I've listed. If you guys want to take a second, look at different trade bait boards through the other media outlets that have been released. We haven't released a trade bait board. Maybe we're going to in the very near future, but I want to go to you first, Alex, out of the players that I've named exception of Colin Miller, because I think I've, uh, you know, I think there's, I've already said where I think he's going to go, but name one player. Did, did you mention JT Miller? I did not. Thank you for that reminder. I should have. He is actually 27th on the trade board if you're looking at TSN. So he's a bit down the list, which blows my mind. But I I want to know why all these articles are coming out about him being worth a top prospect, a mid-tier prospect, a first-round pick, a first-born child, a second-round pick, your car. I don't – like, he's a really good player, consistently, like, an awesome player. I, I just don't see a world where he's worth that much money. I mean, no. Vancouver's middle, middle of the pack, like they're just above 500, I believe. So I can imagine that they probably want to get the most out of him and you know right this season off. I'd say he's probably the most likely guy in my eyes to trade. I just don't think it's going to even be even close to what all of these articles and reports coming out earlier are worth. So do you, if you had to say one person, who, who would you pick and where would they go? Alex. I hate the JT Miller to the Leafs rumors. I think that's dumb as hell. I'd say I'm really intrigued to see if the Leafs can kick any tires on Mark Giordano. Okay. So you think Mark Giordano to Toronto? I don't think, but I think that'd be pretty interesting. I'm I'm not in the head of any of these GMs. That's why they're doing the jobs that I'm not in. But if I had to, yeah, I'll say that then. Dane. I'll, I'll go back to JT Miller. Um, I don't think he is going to get traded. Uh, Vancouver's still well in the playoff hunt. Um, and JT Miller's been a point-per-game guy over the last three seasons, so I can kind of see where 
you know, Vancouver would want, you know, a King's ransom uh, to move him. And I believe he still has term on a contract. I could be wrong, but he's not a UFA. Yeah, he's a. Oh, yeah. If he's not a UFA, then yeah, he's, he's worth one, a little bit more. One year left on his deal. Beyond After this year? Beyond this one, right? has one more year it says on the on the on the board well that would if it says one year left that's this year no 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 because the other ones say ufa or rfa for example oh gotcha yeah 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 john klingberg's a ufa this year uh so this year he's ufa but miller has one more year left so he's a free agent in 2023 i mean 5.25 million dollars for uh 30 games and a playoff run and plus next season is that's pretty good uh, yeah never mind it, it, I I I mean, yeah. The, I thought he was I, guess, I just don't. I just don't see Vancouver's willingness to trade him unless he wants out of Vancouver. Um, but I'll I'll, I'll kind of I I really do think Claude Giroux is going to get out of Philadelphia. Um, I think he needs a couple more games to play his thousandth game as a Flyer. Um, but that's still well before the trade deadline. So, I think he finishes out his career, or well, I I think he finishes out playing his thousandth game. Uh, with Philadelphia and has moved. And I mean, I don't know how Colorado makes it work, but that's the rumor mill. Um, Joe Stasakert's a smart guy. And I think they somehow make it work and they got Claude Giroux in, uh, in Colorado. So yeah, and I, I really don't know how they do it, but I think, you know, Colorado's all in. I, they, they got a couple really good teams that they have to beat in the West just to get to the cup final. And then, you know, anywhere from Florida, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Washington, Tampa, you know, who knows, Carolina, who knows who's going to be in the cup finals in the East. I mean, the East is incredibly strong this year. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I'll I, go with Claude Giroux to, uh, Colorado. to Colorado, I guess, will be my choice for that. Um, I also really think that Jacob Chikorin's, uh tenure in Arizona is going to be over pretty soon here. Um, I don't think he has any desire to play for that team anymore. Um, you know, and after having an unbelievably good season last year, he's uh, he's clearly struggling. Only eleven points in thirty nine games. He's probably minus a hundred on that team right now. So, I think uh, yeah, a, a change of change of scenery would be good for Chikorin. And I think you know, Arizona kind of needs to go through another mini rebuild here and uh, get some prospects. And I I think Phil Castle is also another guy that's. Uh, gonna get the hell out of uh, Arizona which is I mean guy's been a playoff you know stud when he when when he's been in the playoffs with Pittsburgh I think he probably should have won the con Smythe the one season uh Crosby ended up getting it instead so that's just another piece uh for a team that uh is looking for some scoring depth um for the playoff run so yeah, I would say uh, I, I, I think Montreal and Arizona will be uh, quite active at the trade deadline, shipping players out for prospects and picks. See, I like all that. And I wish I could go give a full review of uh, where I think all of us are going to go. I think we should, we'll table that for another show. You mentioned Chikrin. I've said I've linked the Kings to Chik- Chikrin. I think that makes sense. I'd love for Toronto to get all these guys, but that's Toronto me and maybe Edmonton you, but I think Chikrin is a very, very, very attractive. Someone to bring- I, I, Edmonton needs a, needs a fucking goalie. And I don't care who it is at this point. Marc-Andre Fleury. Sure. Three years, four point. Top hit for Chikrin. Well, I, I'm thinking Kubalik's not having a great season in in uh, Chicago right now. No. Um, I think with the addition of Vander Kane, that kind of makes 
you know, Zach Cassian a little bit more expendable. Cooley, Cassian make about the same amount, three, three million dollars ish. Can make a baby a big blockbuster deal where we move Koskinen uh, for Flurry and then um, Cassian for Kubalik. And then obviously we would have to throw in probably a prospect and a first round pick to make that done. But something I'd be willing to do. But sounds like Ken Holland isn't overly eager to to move his first round pick. But when you get a guy like Kubalik that, uh, you know, has had times in his career where he's been a lethal scoring threat. Um might be a good fit. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out, but for the love of God, if Ken Holland doesn't do anything to at least entertain trying to get a new goalie, I'm going to fucking pull my hair out. Here's the thing. You mentioned uh, the Giroux thing. I think everyone can recall what Tampa did last year uh, for the moves that they did. They had a three-way trade and a team Columbus would uh, trade at Savard, I believe, to Detroit, if I remember correctly. That uh, they ate up a certain amount of Tampa or Columbus ate up a million dollars of cap. I'd have to look back, but Columbus ate up a little bit of the cap. Then Detroit ate up the remaining 50% of that cap and then traded them over to Tampa uh, to make things crunch for the year. Not that it mattered because the playoffs, it didn't matter. But what they did, they brought in a three way trade to make it work. That's how Giroux will go to Colorado, will go to Colorado. And the team that will be the middle team will be Arizona. If you look down, Arizona has Arizona's cap space as a trade bait on the fucking board for different outlets, uh, for different media companies. So you have Giroux. That's how they're going to make that work. So that was my comment about Giroux. But my one underhorse trade that I'll say, yes, Toronto's linked to forwards. They're linked to JT Miller. They're linked to Klingberg, Giordano, Miller. Did you call this an underhorse trade? I said under the, did I say under horse, under horse trade? That's great. I'd love saying words I just make up, but uh, I, Toronto could be on the scope for a lot of trades. Okay. And I'm not going to say Toronto or Edmonton based, but the only dark horse Toronto trade that I will say right now is I have my eye on Braden Holpe if they move Morazic. That's all I'm going to say. $2 million cap. There's a guy that has 32 games, 2.78 goals against average, a 9-12 save percentage. You move out Morazic to free up cap space for next year and what you can maybe get in a player or re-sign a player and Holpe would be a good option to play with Campbell over Morazic would be. So that's my Leafs dark horse trade. Like I said, Klingberg, Giordano, Miller, Max Domi and JT Miller are the five that are out for Toronto. Even Ben Chirot uh, from Montreal, but the one trade that I think is going to happen. Okay. And I'm going to say this one, the number 12 on the board, Phil Kessel. I know we talked about Phil Kessel. They'd have to make this work a little bit, but Phil Kessel to the New York Rangers. Uh, that's, I feel like that would be, <laughs> be cool. Uh, I think that would be a fit for Kessel. Uh, they have some room in cap. They can make things work. There's a team that has Igor in that. They have good young guys. They've got some they've got good D guys. They just need that extra piece. I think they can score a goal, even though they have players that can score goals, but they've been linked to JT Miller. So they're looking for that help, but salary cap might be an issue down the road for the Rangers. Cause they got to resign some players and they have some contracts kicking in. So I think that one year left on Kessel's deal. That's this year. He doesn't have a year next year. He's a UFA this summer. He has an $8 million cap, but you eat up that 50% is already gone by the deadline. So he only has 4 million. If you go to Arizona and use up the rest of that half of the value and you bring him in at, uh, at $2 million, You've now brought in a guy who's been a playoff juggernaut for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And again, Pittsburgh's a team he might be playing in the playoffs if you're the Rangers. And you're going to be a lower seed team, but anything can happen in the playoffs, especially if the Rangers cross over and play the winner of the Atlantic. If it's Florida or Tampa, they're going to be in trouble. But you know if you play Toronto, if they finish first in the division, anything can happen. Okay, you know Toronto might choke. So the Rangers can see a chance for an, uh, a window if they bring in a guy like Phil Kessel. And I think he'd be a good top six guy 
uh, that would really, really give them an extra, mm, an extra chance uh, to, to uh, make a little push at the playoffs better than people expect them to do. And the, there's a lot more players that we can get to. Uh, and Dane, you brought the, you brought the nail uh, right on the coffin there with the, with the, with the Oilers biggest problem at goaltending. Right. And I, that's where I feel Gorgiev is going to have interest, but you have to pay a premium for that. So maybe they do go look at a particular rental. And maybe that's where you do veer at flurry, even Holpe, like I mentioned, or if you're going to even go look at uh, Corpus Allo, but Corpus Allo's had a shit year for Columbus, but he's also been a guy who's been really good in the playoffs. If you want to look back at the bubble and what he did against Toronto uh, there, and he's kind of, well, un, his stay is no longer welcome in Columbus, given Elvis Merzingas uh, playing uh, as the number one guy there. So that's what I wanted to bring up about the trade deadline. A lot of key points, a very exciting deadline. Like I said, guys with term will be traded before the deadline. I feel the ones that do not have term the players are gonna, and teams are going to wait until the, uh, the, that they get moved. My wish list, though, that I will say for Toronto is Klingberg to Toronto. If I'm speaking out my my um, my leaf hat on here, my wish list is Klingberg to Toronto, and I would like to see Max Domi. Uh, and I wouldn't mind the Holpe deal if they move Morazic. Uh, I would love Colin Miller there, but they, if they want these other players, it's not going to work. Uh, I would always been a fan of Max Domi. First, I think it's because of his dad. I, I I just think he'd be a good fit in Toronto uh, to to kind of even out. He can fit in that second line even to an extent uh, and maybe give a little bit of ease on that third line center position right now where David camp is, he is good camp, but I think he's more of a fourth line player. Uh, so that would be my wish list for Toronto Klingberg Domi and potentially a, another goalie. If you can move up Morazic and bring in someone like Holpe, but I don't know if you guys had any other topics you want to bring up there. I did want to get into the outdoor games, but we can maybe table that for another one. Uh, and I also wanted to get into the body contact so we can even table that one uh, for another one, but I'm going to give you guys the option between the outdoor games. Uh, it's just effective outdoor games or body contact and hockey. What topic do you want to go into Alex? I'll let you make the choice. Into body contact or the stadium series. Yeah. Outdoor games in general, talking about outdoor games in general and the effect on the season for it. Um, I don't know. They're a gimmick that's worked for the NHL, and I don't think they've really hit on a lot of them. So if they work, run with them. They're pretty, like, they're okay. But if, like, the Leafs aren't in it, like they aren't today, I believe the stadium series is today, correct? Yes. Yep. And I don't give a shit. But, like, that's cool for the local market, and then, you know, it's an excuse to get lots of people outside watching the game. I'm for them, but if my team's not in them, I don't really care about them. That I feel like that's fair though. Yeah, you know what? I just I think they're bad. Of like, it's not really a home game, but it is. Like, if you look at the big house between Detroit and Toronto, that was one of the most watched games. But a lot of Toronto fans went there. But a lot of these fans go to every game. Okay, like that's the big thing about Toronto and Canadian teams in general. They're reaching around the world of hockey is massive, but it does take away from that home ice advantage to an extent. And they're they're t- they're doing too much of these games. It was cool the first few years. I feel like they should take a break and just not do them at all. But Dane, what do you want to point? Do you want to bring in? Do you want to talk about the outdoor? Well, I, I I disagree. I, you know how much money the NHL's been making on these outdoor games? Uh, Eighty thousand people every one every time those stadiums are packed. I, I think it's also fun for the NHL players to play a game outside, you know, every couple seasons. Um, every- mind you, I, I mean, I don't check out every stadium series game or outdoor game. If I happen to be watching TV and I see it on, I, I'll, I'll probably tune in for a bit. Um, I would like to see, you know, maybe some more outdoor games 
in Canada where it's actually cold outside and they can maintain the ice a little bit better. Um, I, I don't even know what when the last time they played in Canada for one of these games was. I, I might be missing one. Did they play at BMO Field one year with the Leafs? Or did they just play in the big house in Michigan? The only ones in that are really... Well, at least were in the second Winter Classic. They had the white jerseys with the blue stripes. Did they play at uh, BMO? But here's the thing, though. No, they played... Yeah, yeah. The Heritage Classic is the one that's the Canadian one, and that's the Leafs and Sabres this year, actually. Uh, yeah. The 13th. The Heritage Classic gets the outdoor games. Most of these stadium series or these uh, the New Year's event, that they, it was always every New Year's Day, right? was kind of the... Where, where, where's the game? Uh, it's at uh, where Hamilton Tiger Cats play. Oh, uh, it's at that stadium. Okay. Tim Hortons, Bill? Uh, thank you. Tim Hortons. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. It's at Tim Hortons. Smart guy. So, like, the Canadian ones, Dane, are heritage. So that's kind of how they differentiate it a little bit. Uh, but a lot of these stadium series ones, not saying the Canadian teams can't be a part of it, but you mostly see the, you know, the, the California teams that they had recently. They have Nashville, Tampa Bay, et cetera, right? Well, I, I, maybe I'm just a little cheese. I, I like, I, I would like, I wouldn't mind if uh, Edmonton could play in one every once in a while. It's literally been since the, the first outdoor game that counted as a regular season game it was the last time Edmonton's been in one. And when they played in Edmonton against uh, Montreal with Jose Theodore was in that with the two on his head. <laughs> oh, right. 2000, wow. like 2007, 2006. Yeah, a long time ago. Like it's a, a very long time ago. So it, it would be it would be nice to see Edmonton kind of get back in the game and just see more heritage classics. So it it seems like the majority of the games are always in the states right now. And uh, I I why why not do it in Canada? I just want to know why the hell they gave the outdoor game to the Sabers on the other end of the lease game. Who gives a shit? Who who are you advertising on the billboard for the Sabers to go and watch? Colin Miller, Dave. Give our boy a, let's give the boy some love. Dave, Dave, love. I'm okay. On the other side, coming in, Matthews and Marner taking on Colin Miller and the Buffalo Sabers. Just it's it's not the same. Colin Miller is a great guy. I I'm, I know, but you're not branding a team around Colin Miller. Rasmus Dolan. Well, it doesn't matter. Buffalo has a pretty diehard fan base. I mean, I mean Alex Tuck. That team, when they get in the playoffs, and this has been said too, it's a fucking madhouse. I've watched a conference final in Toronto. Yes, that's a thing against the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, when Buffalo moved on to the cup finals to play Dallas, you know who they played in the conference final that year? Take a look. It's Toronto. It was Toronto. Sergey Bears and Dimitri Yuskevich, the fucking boys or that were in Toronto at the time. Matt Sundin and fucking Jonas Hoagland, I believe, was still was there at that time. But again, you uh, this that fan base in Buffalo, Toronto. You when every time Toronto played Buffalo in the nineties and the thousands, it sucked if they went to Buffalo to play. The fan base was loud. They lost all the time because it was a hard place to play. And yes, there was more Buffalo fans than Leaf fans there before. Now it's all Toronto fans in Buffalo because Buffalo is 16, 29, and 8 for fuck's sakes. They've been shitty for the last decade. Okay. And that's why that they're on the cusp of being uh, Florida, Arizona type level. Actually, Florida is one of the best teams in the league. So I should probably take that back. And their attendances went up. But I think they actually are the best team in the league points wise. Like, but, anyways, Buffalo has been a joke the past handful <laughs> plus years. But when they get into the playoffs one day, whenever that may be, I might be 55 and old and gray, but they, that fan base will be insane. You just watch. And people, I hope, refer to this show at February 26, 2022, when Dave mentioned 
how passionate that fan base is and Dame. Because yes, there's no one to put to really go, but there's a fan base that's real die hard. Yeah, well, I mean, they got a couple interesting prospects. I mean, Brassman Dalian's actually, you know, turned out into a pretty, uh, pretty good defenseman, also an All Star this year. Dylan yeah, Cole, okay. Well, Nick Suzuki my... was an All Star this year. Well, they're having Nashville's in back-to-back stadium series, and nobody gives a shit about Nashville either. You don't have to have Exactly. A That's team. my point. Why are we putting these garbage teams in the outdoor game? Because they still sell tickets, Alex. Yeah, Rasmus Dahlin, minus 36 last year. Yeah. Go but advertise need, that guy. They need to try to get money for these other teams, too. That's the other side. Hopefully, you bring in Toronto that is – one of the most profitable fan bases in all the world in hockey that you bring in a team like Buffalo that's trying to regenerate their fan base. That's why they would do it. Plus their divisional rivals. Right. So that's why, and people didn't regenerate. Regener- is that not a re-energize? I can't talk today, man. Is that my fifth fucking air today? And that's my 10th swear. I don't know who's counting. It's, it's okay. It's, it's Saturday. I guess I should have had that beer instead of coffee. So I'm I- under the horse. Uh, that's probably the way you should probably write these down, uh, for quotes because, uh, you know, someone's speaking at my stag and dough and that's you, Alex for prizes. So you better, uh, you know, maybe know. Yeah. What's the, what's the under the horse prize. You want to make it under the horse prize? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> that uh, might be something different. Uh, we'll call it, we'll put a horse and we'll put something under the horse. Actually, we'll make it like, we'll call it the under the horse prize. And if no one will get the pun, but no one will understand it. That's fine. Out of the. Out of everyone who tunes into the show, if they if if I get a reaction a year from now at my stag and doe, I will shake their hand if they remember me actually saying under the horse. Uh, but I won't get into the body contact side today. We already kind of overstayed our time limit, uh, which is okay because uh, obviously with video and stuff, it'll be a bit more time. We're on the audio side, so it's a bit more freeing uh, with that. We're going to talk body contact in a future show, and I'm going to hopefully remember that for future shows to get into detail. But they introduced body contact above 13 years old. It's now when you enter formally for a lot of our age group, myself and Dane and even Alex would know the midget level. It's not called midget anymore. That's not the proper way to say it. I'm going to tell you flat out. It isn't the proper way to say it. It's uh, the under the under 17s, under 16s, which depends on different areas that you're in. Uh, under 15s, it's, it depends on what league and region that you're in. So it's no longer that, so everybody knows. But that's when body contact is introduced. Okay. That is where it is introduced. Now it's not introduced at novice. It's not introduced at Adam. It's introduced at a later age. And there was somebody that told me, and I'm only going to give a teaser with this because it's a long gated topic that somebody told me who's a coach uh, here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, that's coaching in that under uh, the under 15 level. And they're starting to do body contact, like segue into it. And they've never done a body contact drill in their life. These, uh, these, uh, these hockey players. And in a game, there was four penalties in a matter of three different shifts because somebody got bumped off the puck and there was body contact. They're limiting the body contact. No, it's not because of COVID either. Uh, that's been kind of weighed over to the wayside. It's because of the body contact rule. And you got players now that are not alerted to an older age, which when they get older and they're a bit more in their size, they're not going to hit properly and it's going to cause more injuries. I really dislike 
like how they've taken out body contact at a very young age. But we'll table that for another time. I want to give teaser to listeners and also to you, you two, to be prepared for that topic. So I want to get into it in more detail to say how much of a joke it is now uh, in terms of the body contact. They're trying to save the game in terms of injuries. I think they're making it worse uh, by incorporating body contact at a later age. So now you got kids that are playing hockey or joining football at a young age so they can learn body contact before they get into their respective age to learn it in hockey. Fun fact, there's somebody that uh, I know as a child that plays uh, hockey is about to enter the Bantam level. Uh, I'm going to go to that uh, term so everyone remembers. That's the under 15 area uh, that now they put him in football for when he was younger so he can try to learn how to properly hit and use his shoulder because hockey doesn't teach it. Can't believe it. Unbelievable. But we'll dive into that at a future show. Fellas, it's been fun. Uh, we, like I said, overstayed our time or welcome as I say, I can't talk. I got to start signing off. Um, Par, I want to say thank you very much for taking the time uh, to come on and hopefully we can dabble into some chill. I know me and Dane were saying last night after our loss in EA, EASHL that I said we want to take a, a, a couple week break. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'll see you guys on tonight. I'll be on all night. Um, whenever you guys are good, I'll be there. Uh, that's awesome. But thanks for taking the time, Alex. It was good talking. And uh, thanks for putting up with me off air with all this nonsense with the video and uh, what computer that uh, the game. Uh, have to everything's watch. forgiven. You said under the horse that that made my day. So all is forgiven. I can't talk, you know, and people, I hope miss that. I hope they don't hear me say it all the time. You have a good ear. Dane, my friend, I will see you tonight. Uh, I was planning to upload this a little earlier and sharing it, but I released some information on this show uh, that, you know, Friends do listen to the show, obviously, and if they hear that there is a surprise party happening tonight, it won't be too much of a surprise. So this won't be uploaded till later, but it's fun doing these morning shows uh, with you and connecting with you in general. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see you tonight there, Dave. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got, buddy. <laughs> where are we going, Dane? That's where my list is. Northern Superiori, uh, best beer in uh, Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, sponsor of the Game Sports Show and uh, partner with the Game Entertainment Media. And we have a cash giveaway and a giveaway coming up. Dane or Alex, you remember what that giveaway is? 100 bones. 100 bones for what? I don't know. You tell me. I love it. Cash, $100 from the Game Entertainment and Media and $100 to the tap room at Northern Superior. Oh, damn. Okay. $200 total prize uh details will be released on all social media platforms uh through our 1400 live radio station uh it's on our live radio stage i say but our live radio show uh all the details will be uh released so make sure you're keeping an eye on that share it out and if you want a chance to get 200 free dollars the details will be very carefully and well listed for you to follow will be there will be no confusion you just follow the rules and you can get your name entered. The draw will, uh, the prize will be put in place this week and the winner will be announced on Friday, March the 4th. So you have a whole week to get your name into this draw. So yes, that means more people are going to get involved, but it's all good. It's 200 free dollars. And Dane can attest to this. $50 isn't enough to spend at a, at a place like the Top of North Superior. Not because it's expensive. It's very affordable. But you know, if you take yourself out there and you're having a beer yourself, yeah, 50 bucks is enough. But you start taking your significant other or you start taking some friends and you're buying the dinner as soon as you start buying and you buy some more food and you support the local restaurants as you should here from their, from their menu, it starts to add up. So we want to make sure that when you do go out, it's a free night out on us. Okay. With having that hundred dollars on top. So you can go crazy. You can spend $200 at Northern Superior and just have a time like we do when we play SHL can absolutely smash some nights at our land party, which is, I was going to say, I think you'd have more fun at Northern Superior than you would be going. Fuck this game. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
fuck this game. It's fixed. It's fucking fixed. As Dane would say, uh, 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 yeah, okay. I think that's Dane's favorite one. I could be wrong. Uh, Alex can correct me. Alex goes, uh, Alex laughs if someone does something that shouldn't happen in the game. He goes, huh, okay. And me, Alex just did what I do. Uh, fuck this game. This game's fucking fixed. Throw a controller. No, my favorite's when you used to smash the controller on the couch and you would just hear... That was my favorite. Uh, yeah, I still throw tantrums. Again, thank you, Dane, Alex. Thank you to the listeners. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. we got shows coming up this week. The 1400 edition show will be on Monday. Uh, we do plan to do, hopefully, another top-shelf show within the next 10 days, so keep an eye out on that. There will be a special edition upload we plan this week. Uh, Drew McIntyre will be the upload this week, and then the next one after that will be James Duffy, just so everybody knows. So, a couple absolute studs of shows coming up as we already had two recent ones with Theo and Marcel Dion and Pete Mavlich. Make sure you check that on the T gem network and also check out the game sports show on Podbean for all the additional shows and the game sports And the reason why I mentioned the Podbean show is because we have local content on there from Sioux Samuel, Ontario for games like Eagles games and uh, high school games. If you want to catch up on a game that your maybe your family member played in that you couldn't go watch it's on there. We're everywhere on all the platforms to search the game sports show and you will get located to where you need to and want to hear podcasts and content. Now, Dave, I've got a bunch of sports to play. What do I do? Uh, good question. What do you do? I'll let you, I'll do the same thing that you asked me. Damn. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to keep my stick on the ice. I'm going to shoot my threes. I'm going to, I'm going to catch the ball and, and then use the stick and, and do the thing with it. Oh yeah. No, no. Dave, do you know the ending? Uh, yeah, Alex just said it. <laughs> uh, so close. And, uh, so close. But I will say it nice and slow. I would like to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. <laughs>